0: If you've ever said something and then immediately either got a bad response from someone or you thought, oh, I could have phrased that differently, have I got the episode for you. Welcome back to the Purpose Filter Podcast, where we explore practical tools and insights to help you live a more purposeful life. I'm your host, hospice and palliative care doctor and life coach, Dr. Kathy Zay. In this episode, we're gonna talk about three simple phrases that can dramatically improve your communication skills, whether you're talking to your loved ones, colleagues, or patients in a hospital. These phrases are not only effective, but also compassionate and empathetic, which is crucial for building rapport and trust with others. I've been using these phrases in my daily practice for years, and I swear by their power to connect with people on a deeper level. I'll explain each phrase in detail, why it works, and how you can use it in your own life. So if you want to uplevel your communication skills and make a positive impact on others, stay tuned. Hello, and welcome back to another week here on the Purpose Filter Podcast. This episode is about the three W statements, phrases, as you can call them, that you can immediately implement in your life right now and up-level your communication. I use this in my everyday practice at the hospital, so if it works for sick and dying patients and their families, it can work for you. So I'm going to go through each of them and talk about why it works, how you can use it, and maybe some examples, all right? So the first phrase is the I worry statement, the first W. Now, when it comes to communication, a lot of times you need a soft touch. I certainly can't go around and my colleagues can't really go around and see new consults patients and their families who've been given a terrible diagnosis or, you know, a limited amount of time left and just walk in and be like, you're going to die. You're going to die. And all of this stuff, you know, that's not the way to do it. And that's not the way to build rapport with someone. You're going to hear me talk about this word rapport a lot during this episode, because we want to be able to maintain or establish a relationship with the person that we're communicating with so that it's easier to get your point across, so that it's easier to communicate with them. Because when you're in rapport, everything is easier. And so the I worry statement is akin to what we call a warning shot. When I say I'm worried, people perk up. Their mirror neurons start firing and then they're like, oh, she's worried. Well, if she's worried, maybe I should be as well. And again, it helps you stay in rapport with the other person. When you express worry, it means and it signifies to them. They're like, oh, this person cares about me. Because think of it this way. We don't worry about people that we don't care about. I don't necessarily worry about Joe Schmo out in Randomville, USA, right? Do I care? I mean, sure, I care about humanity, but worrying is a different thing in itself. So use the I worry statement to express a concern, especially if it's contrary or different to what someone else thinks. And so here are some examples. I'm worried that your loved one may not make it out of this hospitalization alive. I'm worried that they may never be able to walk again. I'm worried that this policy change may negatively affect employee morale. I'm worried that your spending habits is putting us at risk financially. I'm worried that you're going to get burnt out if you keep working like this. And so by using the I worry statement, you're still saying what you want to say. Yet you add the I'm worried ahead of it and it makes it more palatable. It makes it so that people are like, oh, this comes from a place of caring and trust and genuine concern for me and or for my situation rather than, hey, this is a difference of my opinion. It's a very different energy that comes across when you're using the I worry statement. So that's number one. The second W is I wish. The I wish statement is a really great statement to keep in handy, especially, especially for you people pleasers out there and myself as a reformed people pleaser, especially if you have trouble telling people no, especially if you have trouble with boundaries. So, one of my colleagues made up this term in palliative care and she said, basically, it's like a loving no, right? Isn't that beautiful? So, using the I wish statement, you can share things like we do, that let's say there's no further curative treatment options for someone's disease. And a lot of patients will ask in the same thing. We'll say like, hey, there's no further treatment options. And they'll be like, there's no more other options. And then we say simply, I wish there were. And I wish we could. And if you hear that, that's the same as saying no. It just sounds different. It's more compassionate, more loving. It's more human. And here's the thing. When I say I wish, I really, really do mean it. I wish my patients had treatment options. I wish that they could get chemo. So be genuine when you're using this phrase. Don't go around saying it without the right intentions behind it because you learned it in a podcast, which, you know, if you learned it in listening, thank you very much. But it's the application that counts. People will pick up on your energy and how you intend on using this phrase. And again, you're going to hear me say it. it's the R word rapport. It helps you maintain rapport, it helps you maintain a relationship with the person you are communicating with. And here are some caveats to the I wish statement. And please pay attention. Only use. The I wish statement to say no if you want to stay in rapport. What I mean by this is if you actually mean no, like a big old capital N, capital O period when it comes to anything, but certainly when it comes to things like consent, in those cases do not, please do not use the I wish statement. If you have trouble saying a flat out no, just as an aside, that's something that you need to work on. That's an absolute must for every single person to know what your boundaries are and how to enforce them. And that is something that I struggled with before. And now I'm so much better at it. I have no qualms about it at all. And if it's something that you struggle with, I can help you with that as a coach. So, Use the I wish statement sparingly as well. You do not want to be the flaky I wish I could person and never follow through. Nobody likes that person. No one wants to invite that person out. If someone invites you to hang out and you turn them down enough times without making an effort on your part to reciprocate, guess what? Their invites will stop. And it seems obvious, but you'll be surprised how many of us do this. Like, oh, they never invite me out anymore. Communication goes both ways, my friends. And people like feeling desired in relationships, whether that's platonic or romantic. So make an effort on your part. If you're going to use the I wish statement and say, hey, I wish I could today, but blah, 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 I can't, or, you know, I'm too tired. But hey, next time, let's do this. Next time, come to my place. Next time we'll meet and set a date, make an actual effort because a relationship takes two, takes two to tango. Now I have a friend of mine who's a mom of three kids and she uses the I wish statement. She's not palliative care trained. She is a physician though. And she does this all the time. Her kids will say, I want to go to the aquarium. I want to go to the park. I want to do this. And she says, oh, me too. I wish we could. And then she says, they kind of just forget about it. She says it works like a charm. Now, I'm not a parent. I'm not a mom. But, you know, I will take her word for it. And it makes me think that sometimes people just want support and commiseration for their desires, even if it's not necessarily realistic, especially for my patients in the hospital. Sometimes the human side of being there and holding space can be healing, even when we can't change the outcome, and maybe especially when we can't change the outcome. And so we've covered two out of the three W's. And the final one is the I wonder statement. Now, tell me if this has ever happened to you. You're sitting at a meeting and someone introduces a policy that you're not particularly jazzed about, right? You might want to voice your opinion, possibly a dissenting one, But, you know, you have leaders there, you have your boss there, your other colleagues, you're not sure how people are going to respond. And some people will say, well, that's just stupid. That's not going to work. Let's say your company is talking about going back to the office, transitioning from remote to either hybrid or fully back in person. And you want to get across that we're more productive while remote. And you don't want to go back to the office. But, you know, that's a really touchy subject right now for a lot, a lot of people. Now, what you can do is try the I wonder statement. What you could say is, you know, I wonder if we're more productive when we're actually working remotely rather than in the office. And here's the beauty of the I wonder statement. Wonder comes from a place of curiosity. It's harder to be angry or defensive against curiosity. You're just being curious. You're just asking questions. It introduces doubt in a palatable manner, and it gets buy-in from your leaders. They hear you because you're just openly wondering. You're just thinking out loud. They hear it. They consider it. And then it's almost like they also made the decision themselves because, again, you were just wondering. You're not pitting your opinion against theirs. When you do this, when you use the I wonder statement, it just allows people to hear something else, to hear a different perspective without feeling like they are getting attacked. That is so powerful. You have no idea how powerful the I wonder statement is. And in fact, I'll share this with you. I know this. I use all three of these statements in my day-to-day practice, and I know the power of this. And when someone uses the I wonder statement on me, I'm like, damn, that's good. They're right why didn't I think of that? You know, that's how powerful it is. I know that it works. And when I I know when people are using it, and it still has an effect on me. And the I wonder statement can also be used in a way to test out someone's reaction to a certain topic or a thought, something like that. You could be like, I wonder mm, what it would be like for us to get a dog, And then depending on their reaction, you get a little bit more information. If they're like, oh, I actually think that'd be really cool. And on the flip side, they could be like, whoa, why would you ever think that? That's ridiculous. Then you get to find out the information. You get to get their reaction without necessarily being like, hey, this is what we're going to do in a sense. Because again, people can get very defensive when they have certain feelings about where they stand on a topic. So that could be a great way to test the waters in a sense. These are really simple statements. I wish, I wonder, I worry. And yet using them in the way that they should be used and in the way they can be used in communication. Think of how many applications these phrases have, not just in hospice and palliative care, but and not just at work, but with your kids, your loved ones, your friends, your family. This has far-reaching implications to your communication style and to help you up-level how you speak with other people. I don't know about you, but if there is something that can make my life a little bit easier, that can improve the quality of my life, just like three phrases that start with a W that can help me speak better and communicate better I'm all over that all right so I hope that this helps you the I wish statement I worry and I wonder these are huge these can be transformative to the way that you speak and communicate and please try these statements out I'm so curious to hear how you use it in your daily life and how it changed how other people responded to you as well As they say, it is easier to catch flies with honey rather than vinegar. Again, rapport, using choice words at the right time and being genuine with your energy and your intention behind your communication. And again, these aren't really wild or super out there kind of phrases. You've heard of all of these words before. It's just that when you use them in the way that they can be used, it then becomes this like dance in a sense, this interaction between you and the person you're speaking to and how you phrase things that make it land a little bit easier, that makes it feel a little bit more palatable, that makes it just feel better to be on the receiving end of. And after you finish listening to this episode and you go out into the world and you think of or you encounter people that you're like, that person's a really, really great communicator. I am willing to bet that they are using some of these phrases, if not all three, maybe one or two. Just see if you can pick up on that and you'll understand the power of those words. So there are three additional phrases that you can add to your tool belt for better communication because the quality of those interactions and relationships can greatly impact our quality of life. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and write a review and share with a friend. For more wisdom and actionable tips to make the most out of your life, follow me on Instagram at Purposefilter, on LinkedIn, both will be in the show notes, and stay tuned to join my email list because that will be super fun to send some love into your inbox. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other.